Welcome to Q&A, a deeper dive with Sam Holm and other guests as we dig deeper into the sermon content each week. And good day to you. I'm Mark Presley, and you are listening to A Deeper Dive. And this week we're with Sam Holm, as we always are, but uh, it's Commitment Sunday. It was. Was Commitment Sunday, but <laughs> we're, we're addressing Commitment Sunday, uh, which we took a break from the Book of Mark just for one Sunday to kind of look at 2 Corinthians 8 and kind of look at Paul doing his own little Commitment Sunday as you uh, use that illustration, more symbolic, but illustration in the sermon. But again, before we get into this, I want to remind you to like, share, repeat, whatever you want to do, do a little dance, I don't know, with this podcast, share it with somebody. Uh, if you want to text us a question, question in 96123, and again, we're, we're kind of, this was the end of the multiply season, but it goes into now the giving part of that multiply season. So we'll always take questions about multiply and where we are with that. But that was text the word question 96123, and it'll send you a little prompt, and then you go from there. Uh, but like I said, like, share. If you want to listen to last week's sermon or any of the sermons, easiest way to find those, there's a couple different ways, but the easiest way is firstmckinney.com slash on demand. It's out there. Now, uh, and then It'll take you through what we've been in Mark, and and if you want to look ahead a little bit before we get into all this, we're going to go back into Mark, carry us through to Easter, and then we hit the book of Daniel, which I'm excited about because I've already started studying that with Sam and looking ahead to what all we have in Daniel, and it's not just about a lion's den or a fiery furnace. There's a lot more in there, So, but Sam, welcome today to this podcast. Well, I'm I'm looking forward to jumping into some of these questions. Uh, this, yeah, a lot of lot of cool conversation around giving and what does that look like as we respond to the grace of God. And I will be honest. I don't know if I have. Uh, we joke about your ADHD. You're going to you be know. honest in this podcast. Yes, I'm, I'm always honest, but it, you always are. Okay, but we get we get in these long. You, Sam likes to preach these long passages, and it's a little tough for me because I'm I like to jump around on things. I like change, all that kind of stuff. Although I do have my ruts that I get stuck in. But we've been in Mark for a while, so it was nice and refreshing to jump out of Mark for one Sunday and look at Corinthians or Second Corinthians. Sorry. Yeah. So there, there are two reasons we did that, and I'll, yeah. I'll just uh, acknowledge those before we dive in and go a little deeper. Uh, first reason we did that is the passage that we were going to preach in Mark was the passage of the rich young ruler, and that's when Jesus calls the rich young ruler to give everything, right? And the rich young ruler walks away. Um, we didn't preach that passage, first reason, uh, because what Jesus is doing at that time is really going after the rich young ruler's heart. He's not actually trying to get him to give. It wasn't really a push for a commitment card. It was a, a push for his heart, right? Which is what g giving leads us to. Um, so we didn't want to confuse anyone on Sunday. I, I do think some people are called to give everything, uh, but that's that's not what Jesus was trying to do at that point. He was trying to expose the idolatry of this man's heart. Second reason is we've had a theme verse throughout our series. It's on the back of the Multiply uh, brochure that a lot of people have been carrying around, and that is out of 2 Corinthians chapter 9, uh, which is part of this passage in 8 and 9. And in chapters 8 and 9 of 2 Corinthians, we have the longest passage in the New Testament on inviting a church, uh, everyone in the church, to, uh, to be part of giving a gift for the church is what's going on. 
And so it, it is like Commitment Card Sunday. Uh, it's, it's Paul saying, all right, here's an opportunity for you to be part of helping the saints in the church in Jerusalem. Uh, so I've already told you about this opportunity. Now I'm saying give your gift. And so uh, we wanted to look at then what's the motive for our giving, because Paul talks about the motive for our giving, and I'm jumping in right now to where we were You're good. On Sunday. You're good. Take Just it and run. Quick summary. He tells the story of the church in Macedonia first, and he says, hey, in their poverty, they overflowed in a wealth of generosity. Uh, we talked then that one of the motives that some people have heard in churches is that that, that we give out of greed, <laughs> like you, you give to get, like, hey, you give to God and he's going to give back to you. And yes, the Bible talks that God will give back to us, press down, overflowing, detest me in this last uh, book in the Old Testament and in our giving. But it's more than just financial. I think sometimes when we just limit it to financial uh, and just uh, a greed exchange that I want more money, uh, that's not the way God does it all the time. Uh, then it goes on to say that this church was begging him earnestly for the favor and taking part of this opportunity to to give to the church. And and so we, we also talked about the, the false teaching This sometimes that comes out, maybe not even the teaching, but the way we interpret the teaching of, uh, that I should give out a guilt, like uh, that I'm I, I, I do this not as a get to do, but a got to do that happens when we don't really understand the real motive for our giving. And so then that leads into him saying grace. And he says grace in these two chapters more than any other two chapters in the New Testament. He says the word grace 10 different times. And he calls giving an act of grace. And he says that Christians give because we know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for our sake he became poor so that we, by his poverty, we get to become rich. And so it's the grace of Christ that motivates our giving. And uh, it's not just here that the Bible teaches us this. I mean, he's even earlier in 2 Corinthians, he says in chapter 5, it's the love of Christ that compels us as Christians to respond to Christ. Uh, Paul, when he wrote the general epistles to churches, when he was speaking to the churches, he always starts in the first half of the letter telling us first what Jesus has done for us so that we understand the grace of Christ before he ever tells us what we do in response to that as we give back to God. So it's it's grace. It's the primary motive in the New Testament that motivates our giving. So then, then he says, okay, so if you understand this motivation, now move from motivation to literally apply what what God is 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 calling you to do by by doing it, living it out. So demonstrate. So he calls it an act of grace when we give, when we respond to grace, we get to show grace to others. So the only command in chapter eight is he says, so finish doing uh, what what you're motivated to do, like give. And then we invited the church. It's been such a, a unifying, exciting season for us as a church family. I've been very encouraged talking to people in our church, have yet to talk to someone that doesn't believe we should do this, that, that really hasn't had even in their own life. I feel motivated for us as a church. And so we were inviting the church on, su on Sunday to, as an act of worship in response to the grace of Christ, not earning favor with God, not giving out of greed or out of guilt, but to give in response to grace and allow, yeah, to move from motivation to demonstration, desire to completion, to, from intention to action, like Paul is calling the church to do. And, and we want to actually take a moment 
I was, said we were going to talk about multiply at the end, but I, I just want to take a moment and celebrate because God really did unify our church. I know I think we said in a meeting over 400 cards. We don't have those numbers, and we actually won't have the numbers if you're looking. I don't know when you're listening to this, but it'll be two or three weeks. We have spring break, all that, and then we'll announce how much. And the, those cards represent households. Correct. And then in, in addition to that, you know, we have so many cards from our children and our youth that did it the week prior. We had a leadership gathering that was before that. We had some 80-something households that were part of it. Uh, and some of those actually filled out another card on Sunday. Uh, they, they, they were writing duplicate or some even raising a dollar or lowering a dollar. You know, we don't know fully what that will be until we look at it. But that's a significant big, big deal for us as a church that we saw so many already jump in and say, hey, yes, uh, I believe in this and we're going to be part. Yeah, it was in the meeting, Chris was breaking down the numbers of our Sunday morning. And it's it's pretty amazing when you think if we have, you know, 16, 1700 in worship. And again, it's not about numbers. We've said that many a time. It's just we like to know those so we can prepare and, and get the logistics of the morning set. But to know those, if you have that, and then you do households, and you multi, you know that was a massive number within our church percentage wise, and the goal was a hundred percent involvement. It wasn't necessarily a hundred percent pledging, but it was we want people to take a moment to pray about what God wants them to obey and follow and obey. You yeah, know? that was right. that was the goal. But let's jump back into the scripture because we're going to dig a little deeper. And you said something, and it caught me. But one of the questions that came in was you said Jesus had to become poor. I think you used the word poverty just a minute ago, but Jesus had to become poor. Why did he have to become poor? Good. And how does his poverty benefit us? Awesome. All right, so let's let's dive into this. This is a gospel question, and this is what motivates our giving. It is truly getting to the point where we can understand this on a heart level. So back to verse 9. Uh, let's dive a little deeper here. It says, for you know, he's talking to Christians in the church, you know the grace. Grace, what is grace? We did a fast definition on Sunday. I don't know if you caught it. Actually, our sign language team was talking about how much they <laughs> appreciated this definition because it was easier for them to explain grace as one-way love. It's not something we earned. It's undeserved favor. Maybe that's the way you've been taught it in the past. It's undeserved, unearned favor, a blessing coming from God one way to us. He says, you know, that no, it can be an experiential, 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 experiential. I got it. I got it. uh, You should talk more than me. You, You know, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, well, how, how was Jesus rich? Well, Philippians chapter 2 explains it this way, that he existed in the form of God in heaven, right? He had everything. He had the not wealth that we, beyond our wildest imagination, not just wealth even financially as God owning everything, the cattle on a thousand hills, right, are his, but he had all things, perfect relationship with God. He says, though he was rich, yet for your sake, that, that he did something because he loves you right? Uh, Because he loves us. For your sake, he became poor. How did he become poor? Philippians chapter 2, again, is a longer explanation of this. He didn't uh, grasp, hold on to all of his godness, but he emptied himself, and he became obedient to the point of death. He became a servant here in the flesh on earth. 
he he gave up everything to really walk around as a nomad carpenter, right? He had apparently a nice change of clothes, and that was pretty much all at the cross. That was he he became poor, and even gave his life, right? Anything and everything that yeah, you yeah, he gave everything. Greater love is knowing this. He laid down his life for his friend. He became poor. Why? So that you, by his poverty, his him emptying himself, might become rich. Well, how are we going to become rich? Well, when we repent, believe, follow Jesus, we get invited into this kingdom, right? We get to be part of a relationship with God now. That is not because we've earned it, because of grace. Uh, so how did he become poor? He left heaven. He came to earth. He suffered and he died for you and I. It's that uh, inheritance. And if we do look, we were looking at the rich young ruler, you and I and others, as we as we were prepping for that sermon. And then we took the, we pivoted. Sounds like it's COVID. We pivoted and, and went this direction. Um, but in that rich young ruler, he's talking about what do I do for my inheritance? And it was interesting studying that, the great irony, because there's nothing you can do for an inheritance. That's right. Uh, and that's what you're talking about, grace. That's you know, right. Same kind of stuff. But okay, uh, another question came in, uh, and I'm looking at my paper. If I realize in my past, because you talked, your first two points were kind of more ironic, if you haven't caught on to that yet, about greed and guilt, and that's not how you should give. But if I realize in my past I have given out of greed or guilt, what should I do? And I'm interpreting what should I do to make up for that? Like, should I, should I give more? Should I give again? All those, if I have done that in the past. I wish I had gone farther on Sunday to say that the Bible does give us other reasons to give. Uh, one of the reasons that shows up all the time is eternal reward. That there, there, Jesus unashamedly said, if you give, it will be given back to you. So is it wrong to give with reward in mind? No. It, it would be like me saying to my, my daughter, hey, I, I want to bless you. And so uh, I want to teach you how to do chores. And so when you do the chores, I'm going to give you not just a dollar. I want to, I want this week, I want to give you $10 because I love you, you know? Uh, so if she does the chores, she really only earn a dollar, but I, I want to give her above and beyond that. I want to give her $10. If she were to come back to me and say, uh, I did the chores, but I was really wanting those $10. Is that wrong? No. I mean, that's so. Sounds like you've been in my house. <laughs> right. So I do think, I do think that the other motives in Scripture, if we're not consumed and focused on Jesus and the grace of God, there, there are other things that can motivate us to do the right thing, and that's not wrong uh, if it is a biblical motivation. I don't think he ever intends to motivate us out of guilt. Um, so if if you've given to God in the past, and maybe your your motive was not purely grace, that's completely okay. Praise God that you were seeking to follow Him in obedience. Don't now pile on and feel guilty about that. Right? That's that's He's not wanting you to to give out of guilt, and so that that would be like you're doubling up on it to give again <laughs> out of guilt. But but instead to to allow yourself to live in response to what he has done for you, to recognize you're not earning his favor by what you give or what you've given, uh, that he gave it all for you and I. I think Jesus paid it all to him I owe. Like sin is left with crimson stain. So we get to yeah. Don't don't pile it up. Focus on Jesus as you give moving forward. And if you need to focus on a few of the other blessings that Scripture offers, uh, great, do it. And I think that's as you said, moving forward to to consider that 
And if you slip again, or not that you're slipping and doing that, but if, if that happens again, then yes, try to do that out of grace. Now you mentioned your daughter and we're praying for her cause she's in Dominican right now doing a mission trip in Costa Rica, in Costa Rica. Sorry. Yeah. I get Costa Rica. confused sometimes too. Well, yes. Uh, Costa Rica is muy bonito. There was my Spanish. <laughs> she did get to see a monkey the other day, which she was super excited about because she's a monkey fan. Um, but yeah, uh, some have asked about that this week even. Thank you for praying. Uh, she had some bumps uh, before the trip, but uh, God's using her, and she's uh, actually today sharing her testimony in the schools. So praying for her. And uh, uh, I, there was a trip in Costa Rica, speaking of monkeys, that I was with Grant, and we went to a camp, and literally you had to eat in like a cage because the monkeys would attack you. Like you were in the cage and the monkeys were outside because they would attack you, but it's probably not where she's at. So I thought you were saying something about Grant. I was going to say, Oh, okay. We didn't get him listen to podcasts. No. Well, he, he does listen every once in a while because he comments, but, um, okay. Talking about your daughter. I know I, you have, you have two, I have four. What are some ways that, because if you think about it, this is kind of a weird thought, but even as I was prepping, I was thinking through when I saw this question, we're in a digital age now, post-COVID, in the middle of COVID, wherever we are, and uh, we no longer pass the plate in our church, and many churches don't, and that was one of those symbolic ways you use to teach your children how to give. So from one dad to another, what are some ways that you're trying to teach your kids how to give when you've lost that that main teaching tool on Sunday morning? Yeah. Uh, they don't see a plate pass. Now, it was a little hard. You're preaching for your kid to sit with you anyways. But, uh, yeah, what are some helps for that? Okay, well, no, I'm going to come right back at you because you're a great dad, <laughs> and I, I always like hearing the ideas. So uh, be thinking about your response okay. also. As I, um, yeah, I don't pretend to do this perfectly or right. Uh, several ways that we've done it is to seek to pray for the missionaries that we support and the church that we support with our kids. And even before we do that, to let them know that, hey, our family, we don't just pay and give, give money for our food or our home or whatever, but we want to be part of God's money that he's trusted us with to to use that for other people. So we do that at family devotionals at night. We'll often pray for mission partners uh, another thing that's been really helpful is uh, the church has gone through a couple of times adopting uh, different things through 25 Project. Your bride works there. Mm -hmm. uh, so we have uh, ad adopted through family legacy. Uh, I say adoption. That's a, a strong word. Supported. Supporting. Supporting uh, overseas uh, a, a girl through uh, 25 Project and then also through family legacy. And so we, we pray for Isatu, uh, and we pray for together Jessica, those two girls, and then we'll write letters to them. Sometimes they come with us to get a care package together and, and, and buy. And so they know that we're, we are, we're, we're investing in them. And th so that's something we do interactive fairly regular is to, to, to talk about and pray for them. But then we also uh, encourage them to give. So it was so neat for us to see the children and youth in our church walk our daughters through the conversation around generosity as so many of our adult life group leaders did our our off-campus life group was super helpful for rebecca and i have these conversations and then for them to bring that back home and to have both of my daughters asking for i want to do more chores or you know what does that look like and uh, my older daughter uh, not wanting us to see her commitment card because she was <laughs> like you know talking about that together so another thing that's really helpful for us is when the church uh, has those conversations, not just me preaching, and actually makes it more awkward, I think, uh, for my family specific, 
when I preach it and then come home and ask them to do it. But when they're 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 being led in those conversations uh, with their life group leaders and their their area groups, for us then come alongside of them and say, hey, what does this look like? And then finally, uh, we do uh, usually once a year, usually around tax season for us. Well, uh, I will let the girls know, hey, we want you to know that uh, our family got to invest a significant amount in these different ministries and in our church last year. We praise God that, that he's given us more than we could ever ask or imagine as a family and that he gives us that opportunity to give. Uh, and so that's sometimes it's hard for them when we're saying no to other financial things to do that. We're, we're, you know, we're incredibly blessed. Uh, Mark and I are now neighbors, <laughs> uh, but, uh, we're incredibly blessed and, but it's just a, it's a, yeah, uh, it's an opportunity for us to, to say, Hey, to talk about it. I think, uh, you were going to ask me, so I'll just jump yes, in. I want you to, I think the key is to let them see the need. Okay. Hmm. Now for you and I, it's unique because the church pays our salary. Yes. So that's a weird one to have that conversation to say, well, the the ties, the gifts that people are giving are actually helping to pay our salary too, but it's that conversation. But I've got the spectrum from a junior in high school down to a third grader, and I know you're dealing with junior high and on. And it, it was interesting when Champ started to get that first paycheck because he works at the stadium, does the video stuff at the stadium, following a little bit for now in the footsteps of his dad. But uh, he does the video stuff, so then we start talking about his paycheck. What are you going to do? And it was interesting in your sermon, one thing you didn't mean to bring out, but the guy was teaching me was, how am I teaching my kids? Am I teaching them to give out of guilt or grace or greed? And and honestly, it's been teaching them out of guilt, like this is what you're supposed to do, um, which nothing wrong with, I think, that in the teaching to get them started down the path. Now, to stay on that um, would be trouble, but you got to teach some way, but I think for anything, missions is a huge part of Melissa and I's life. I mean, she was a missionary in Japan, if you didn't know that. And and I spent some time in Canada working with troubled teens. So um, that part of it. But we try to get our kids, like your daughter, on the mission field as soon as we can huge. so they see the need. You know, going to get Mia Kate in China and seeing where she grew up, seeing that need. And they they realize that we live in a rose-colored world in McKinney, Texas. And we think, and our problems are problems. The problems you're dealing with, wherever you're listening right now, are problems. And they're real problems you're dealing with. But then you compare them, and they're first world problems, as we like to say. You know, we were we were having to choose between two fridges this week. You know, and, and uh, someone looked at, my brother, I think, looked at me because I was preparing to talk for Moldova because I'm taking our three of the kids with Grant to Moldova. And my two cousins, like... Six of the 30 kid people going on the trip are named Presley. That's awesome. Uh, but uh, so like 20% of Grant's trip is a Presley trip. It's really our family vacation and we're just, <laughs> <laughs> we're just taking everyone else with us. But they, but he said, yeah, don't mention you have two fridges when you go over to <laughs> Moldova because it's the poorest country there in Europe. And I was like, I know, but it's putting those images, uh, whether it be, and we do uh, support some kids too through 25, through Lifesong, um, it's putting those images in front of our kids and showing them the need. I think it's, Hey, we just, we're, we're kind of renovating the girl's bedroom right now. And it's looking through their umpteen million stuffed animals. Okay. What can we give away to somebody? Yes. Um, you know, cause it's not always money. Sometimes it's our resources That's huge. and it's, it's teaching them that and it's teaching them compassion. I think having them serving kids, incredible things like that, that, that you can put the need in front of them. And then it, you were just saying earlier, it's kind of a hard issue. 
So how do you train their heart? And, and I think you show them and let, let God train their heart by showing them. But we're way down this rabbit trail on that one. But um, so good. Let me, uh, let me jump. Uh, there's a lot more we could get in here. Well, let me just ask this. In a family budget, how do we work out what we can afford to give? And how, uh, if you're in charge of your own finances, how do you divide up your giving? Uh, just go real quick, because I would like to jump in multiply before we uh, run out of that. Kind of how do you plan what to give? Very so, practical here. So Chris, our executive pastor, said something in front of the church that was, I think, convicting uh, for many and convicting for me. Uh, he said, hey, if, if we look at first what we think we can afford then I then we're, we're we're always I think going to hold back. Uh, we're we're going to 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 try to store up versus yeah. Well, uh, another Old Testament language here. I'll use Bible language: tight-fisted versus open-handed. And so he was encouraging the church as we did this pray and obey through the series to to truly just pray first and not try to figure out what you feel comfortable uh, under your current budget with giving. Now we also don't do it stupidly. Uh, that was uh, quoting Grant Bird on on one of the videos in the Multiply series. Like he's followed Jesus, but he hasn't done it stupidly with his giving. So, um, and by that you mean don't say I'm going to give two hundred fifty thousand and you're making. Forty thousand a year, right? That yeah. doesn't that that doesn't work, right? Uh, and and the the commitment cards are intention to give cards. Like we recognize people's stuff goes up and down, and that's that's part of life. But I think the Bible also helps us here when it talks about percentages in our giving, like the Old Testament, uh, the ten percent of the tithe. Which, if you actually look at it, they were tithing of a whole lot of things, so they were probably tithing more like twenty two percent when it really came down to things. Uh, so there's a percentage that you set aside, Proverbs again language, first fruits. So instead of, okay, uh, what car do I want to drive? What house do I want to live in? What clothes do I want to buy? And what food do I like to eat? And I'll make sure I get my coffee in, whatever. If you do all those things first, then you're not going to have the opportunity to give. Like I think most actually Christians do want to be generous. I think that most Christians want this. And so you set aside the first fruit, uh, you give away that percentage to the Lord first, and then you go from there. Uh, the last thing I would say that I, I've mentioned at one point in the series that was challenging for Rebecca and I, and we haven't done it every year, but it's uh, we have done it some, and it's been helpful because it's been a goal for us. But starting with our first year of marriage with the, the, the 10% tithe, but seeking to raise that a percentage every year so that, that when, when we're... 50 years married, Lord willing, we could be giving 60% of our income. Someone told me the other day, well, that'll be when you don't make any money. Well, though, we can we can give out of our uh, Social Security and out of retirement income and whatever. Um, so I, I do think if you if you set it aside first, instead, then you budget around what you have left versus, yeah, uh, someone else, I think, in the series said it this way. How do you focus focus first? No, this was my life group as we were going through stewardship. We were doing the treasure principle, raising our standard of giving before we raise our standard of living, which is the opposite of what culture tells us to pursue. And and I would, one thing you did not say that I think needs to be said, um, if you're married, uh, if you're a kid with parents, do communicate that. Yes. Like, like don't give blindly with the other person not knowing. 
make sure there's some communication there in that. But let's jump into, because we only have a few minutes left, into Multiply, and just a couple quick questions, kind of um, rapid fire at you. Uh, can someone still give to the campaign initiative? Um, and what if their commitment changes? You kind of just answered that, but want to yeah. ask. So absolutely. Uh, someone actually asked that after the first service, oh, if I didn't put it in the, the basket, does that mean I can? And I'm like, no, you cannot give anymore. <laughs> no. Uh, so we are going to be using the words multiply for the next few years. Uh, when we talk about missions giving uh, in the fall, uh, we'll use the word multiply. And those of you who have made a commitment, you're going to already be helping us invest in that above and beyond missional giving because of your commitment to multiply. But some in the church may not have been able to step yet into multiply. And so uh, as we have that conversation, they'll be able to give them a, a multiply gift. Uh, yes, uh, you can. Uh, the blue boxes around the church can always receive your card. Or if you're joining us online, we have people that are just part of our online services. You saw the QR code that took you to a link. You can go to our multiply, firstmckinney.com forward slash multiply, and it will show you how you can take next steps to, to give a gift digitally. And we've talked about this before, but there's a gentleman in London that joins us every week. Uh, we And feels very, we've sent him a multiply shirt, all that. It's awesome. And he's, uh, he actually wrote into uh, our financial office, and they were talking to him how he can give a gift. So this has gone worldwide. Uh, but it is, it is kind of cool that he's, he's been part and he's very faithful. Uh, I don't know what time it is in London when we start our services, but he joins us every week and participates in chats and all those kind of things. But, um, one last thing, and then we'll wrap up here, but when will we, we talked about this a little bit earlier, I think at the first, but when will we announce kind of all the pledges that came in, those commitments, that kind of thing. So we, we hope to in a few weeks. Uh, we recognize, and we're still right now getting uh, pledges that are that are coming in right now. And so it won't be a complete pledge. It won't be a, a full dollar or whatever. But I, I don't know what people give, so I'm not looking at all these pledge cards, and neither are you, right? And so they, there's a there's a small group on our in our church staff that actually see what people give, and that's on purpose. And so that team is going through the whole process of of adding it up and looking at what it is, and so that they'll come back to us with the projected, uh, here's here's what we're looking at within it. And I'll tell you already, it's been a win. Like, uh, we uh, we said it this all along, the goal, ultimately, the dollars matter. I mean, they're it, it'll, it'll affect whether or not we're able to do the youth project or not. The dollars matter for sure, but the, the goal genuinely is we wanted to grow to become more like Christ, and our life group leaders have helped us with this. Uh, the conversations that I've had have been super exciting for me, and there's just been a unity in our church around wanting this mission to be part of what we do moving forward. So it's already a win, but we should let you know in a few weeks. That's and the next steps are kind of we look at that number and then we make our plans from there, correct? That's right. So yeah. our executive committee, uh, who y'all help elect, we're going to actually talk about our next round of executive committees next two Sundays. Uh, y'all have the opportunity to to uh, let us know if there's anything in the character of these people that, that you don't think lines up with where Scripture shows us uh, church leaders need to look. Um, so our executive committee, though, will be looking at these dollars again as they come in and uh, be prayerfully uh, praying over what 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 what's next steps for us. And so, again, thank you. Thank you for what y'all are doing to help help make this happen. And uh, as we wrap up, I'd appreciate your prayers. Uh, as I'm in Moldova, maybe you're even listening to this while I'm in Moldova praying for, the, like I said, the Presley mission trip that we're taking with the youth. Um, all six of us are, can I do that as we close? Uh, yeah, well, let's wrap up and then you can, you can close us in prayer. Um, but, uh, 
looking towards that. Uh, Sam's going to be preaching this week, and then we have Ryan coming up after that, and we're back into the Book of Mark looking this week at the um, triumphal entry. They're going to get the donkey, and uh, Jesus, and then from there, we're dealing with Jesus looking straight to the cross all the way right up to Easter with Resurrection Sunday, and then we're into the Book of Daniel. And the Sunday that we are seeing the upper room in Mark, we're going to have a man come in and lead us in a Seder uh, on Sunday morning for our church, and that's going to be a fun experience for us as a church family. And those of you that matter, I think we're actually going to do the Lord's Supper, Supper, can't say the word, Lord's Supper, not in the uh, little takeaway cups. We're going to actually pass the Lord's Supper that Sunday. And for those of you that don't matter, um, we're, well, we're, you we, know what I'm saying. Okay. Quit. <laughs> Quit. <laughs> Those that it matters to you. Okay, okay. Neither one of us can speak well, yet we That's both right. talk each week. Um, and we but, both give each other hard but time. But we are, I, I'm excited. Here's my challenge. If you know someone named Daniel, invite them that first week to the book of Daniel. Because Sam invited me to the sermons, and we were in the book of Mark. So that'd be a good one. Maybe invite someone named Daniel. Should they lead the podcast, too? Uh, if we knew a Daniel, we don't have a Daniel. We used to have a Daniel on staff way back. Uh, he had Andrew's position. Did he a lion eat him? No, the lion didn't eat okay. him. <laughs> but he ate somebody else. Oh, wow. So we'll uh, get to that. Okay. <laughs> but uh, yeah, why don't you? Any final words, and then and then you can wrap us up. You can pray for me, my family, and Grant, and so many others. Uh, Jane, Nanny, that are going to Moldova. We'll be in schools and doing all sorts of stuff. We have a. Another group in Uganda right now, and then your daughter in Costa Rica, uh, and so many more. So yeah, no, no. I'd, my my just close would be grace. Like you, there is a God that loves you so much that you you don't have to earn it. Your giving does not pay for heaven. Uh, he has come and he's paid it fully for you on the cross for our sin. And when you see that, when you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that when he was rich, he became poor. It motivates us, not not just financial giving, but to give our lives in response to him. And so enjoy doing that today. Enjoy knowing there's nothing you can do to change how much he loves you. And we get to be part of him using us, right, to love other people. Let me pray. God, I pray that you would use Mark and the Presley crew as they're going with the the team to Moldova. I pray for the the team right now that's in Uganda from our church, uh, reaching the GI people, uh, an unreached people group. I pray for my daughter in Costa Rica. God, I pray that we would help people know the grace, that we would multiply disciples uh, in our community and around the world. And I pray that as Mark is on the trip, that he would feel you working in and through him. Uh, for your glory. And I pray that for each person listening to the podcast today, wherever they're sitting, walking, working out, whatever, uh, if they're listening later, now you're not bound by time. I pray that they would know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and that they would enjoy the opportunity you've given us to respond to that grace by giving it all. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us this week on Q&A at Deeper Dive. We hope you'll like, subscribe, and share this podcast along with others. You can submit your questions by texting QUESTION to 96123, and we'll discuss those each week. Again, thank you for joining us.